It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson, and on today's show, I'm excited. Why? We're talking wide receivers, NFL wide receivers at that. And I don't really know where Sam's going to take me with this one, but I have a feeling that it's going to be a little bit disappointing with some of these grades. Uh, We're going to talk about Rudy Gobert, of course, in the Daily Three coming up later. And then we had David Cobb on. And this is why, like, NFL news, it's so perplexing sometimes. Um, We had David Cobb on yesterday, so please go back and watch that episode. But he works for the Panthers. He's at practice with the running backs that he's talked about. And then the Panthers make a blockbuster trade literally minutes after uh, we're done with our interview with with, with Cobb. So that would have been kind of cool to get his take on Baker Mayfield. We have to get him back on, of course, now. Um, But, you know, maybe we've spoken to the existence of, uh, you know, making the Panthers a better team. But as I bring my producer in, Sam Ekstrom, there, this offseason has been one of like, what's next? What's next? What's next? That's all everybody keeps talking about. What's what's the next trade? Who's the next team going to the Super Bowl? Uh, who's the next big thing? Who's the next, you know, Tom Brady? But as we get into this next receiving court, we talked about running backs yesterday. We talked about that tier. We talked about offensive linemen as well um, this past week. But before we jump into the wide receivers, because in my opinion, Justin Jefferson, elite. Top of the class, should be number one. But before we get into that, we have a word from our sponsors. Yes, we do, Blue Nile. Um, Let me tell you about how you can make your big moments, your big milestones sparkle with Blue Nile. If you're ready to pop the question, or maybe it's an anniversary, maybe it's a birthday, maybe it's uh, Mother's Day, maybe it's just a random kind gesture, Blue Nile is available 24-7, to help you pick out diamond shapes, diamond sizes, clarity, setting style. Their uh, handcrafted jewelry is unbelievable. It's one of a kind, helping you make memories, and that's what it's all about. Make the moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive also includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging, doesn't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free. Find your forever peace. Go go to BlueNile.com today. So, as we've done every show, I'm going to let Sam kick it off. Sam, what's the question of the day? Yeah, we're going through a series. Pro Football Focus ranked every position group in the NFL at every position. So we did running backs. Vikings were number four. We did offensive line. Vikings were number 19. Today we get into receivers, and I think this is going to be the most controversial. Um, There are six teams that are considered in the elite tier. Now, Ron, let me stipulate, and this is important, I think. Okay. This includes tight ends. This Uh, is pass catchers. Okay. All right. So that is, I think, affecting these rankings. Um, So with that in mind, 
And it's going to be tough to get all six, I think. But if you want to take a stab, let's see how, how many you can get of the six elite teams. And are the Vikings in the elite tier? What do you think? Ooh, so that's a tough one with tight ends. Because, so what I'm going to go with, ooh, that's a tough one. So it's going to be receivers. Can receivers outweigh their tight ends? So I got to go with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle with the Dolphins. Um, I'm going to yes. go with Devontae Adams because he now is with uh, the big dude, Darren Waller. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup just because it's Cooper Cup in his group. No, they oh, are not. They are okay. not a top tier. Oh, but OBJ is gone. Team. So Odell Beckham is gone. So, yeah, so that is one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I'm going – and I forgot about Hunter Renfro. He's there too with the Raiders. Uh, I got to go – I mean, I'm going to say maybe is Travis Kelsey good enough to get his group up in there? I mean, he does have Juju Smith-Schuster now. They are not. Um, In fact, they are actually in the third tier after losing uh, Tyreek Hill. Wow. Well, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley? No. No. They're number eight. They're in the second tier. Ooh. Some of these Shot Bateman and Mark Andrews? Let's see, Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore is top tier. Okay. Where where is Baltimore? Baltimore is down the list a bit. Um, yeah, Baltimore is actually toward the bottom. So Debo Samuel's in because he's still a 49er, and you got George Kittle. There you go. There okay. you go. You've got that's number six. So you've got half of them. You've got half of the elite tier. Well, you got to go T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Nailed it. That's actually number one on the list. The yep, Cincinnati Bengals. I forgot about T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Two left. Cardinals, maybe? DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz? No Cardinals on the list. They are in the second tier. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? Seahawks? Yeah, that's a tough. Yeah, no quarterback there. Um, They are in the second tier as well. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a tough one. So the number two team. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, are they in this? Well, that that's I mean that's what this is all about, right? Where do the Vikings land in this list? They are not considered an elite pass catching group. They okay. are number two, in the number two tier. So let me tell you, what, let me fill in the blanks for you. Number two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with um, no longer Gronk, right? Um, no longer Antonio Brown, but they've got Chris Godwin, they've got Mike Evans. And apparently that puts them into number two. Honestly, I'm a little surprised by that. Very surprised but, because Chris Godwin is not even in. I mean, we, yeah, okay, keep going. They they seem to like Russell Gage, but, I mean, I know they were good last year. But um, and number four, they are saying the Philadelphia Eagles with A.J. Brown's addition. They added A.J. Brown. Okay, I forgot about that. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, nice tight end. So that makes a little more sense. So where are the Vikings in this list? I mean, you would think, all right, they must Eighth? be just outside the top tier. They must be just outside the top six. They are way down at number 15. Wow. Number okay. 15. And that's – I know that Irv Smith isn't necessarily an established talent yet, but he's still pretty darn good. Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen are a heck of a one-two punch. And a better one-two punch, Ron – I mean, wouldn't you say that that they are as good a one-two punch as anything you're seeing in in Philadelphia, anything you're seeing in uh, Tampa Bay, Oakland? Like, just the top two to me feels like that should gain them more equity. One hundred percent. I mean, so and I get the whole tight end piece of this, but the the teams you named, 
Like the Bucks don't have a, a great tight end. Um, so who's the six again? So I know it's it's the Bengals. I get that. Yep, uh, Bengals Bucks. number one, Bucks number two, Dolphins number three. Yep, I said Dolphins. Yep. Uh, Eagles number four. Okay, I Raiders I number five, Raiders. and San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. So yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd have to take the. I mean, nothing against the Eagles, and I get they added AJ Brown, but we don't know what he can do with 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 Jalen Hurts. Uh, AJ Brown, what he's going to realize really fast is he benefited from King Henry. Like when you have seven, eight men in the box, you're getting a lot of single coverage. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see because a lot of a lot of receivers do that. They think the grass is always greener. And Stefan Diggs, it worked for him. The grass was greener in Buffalo than it was in Minnesota for him. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to find out real fast. It might be better. It might not. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to find out, I think, extremely fast with the Dolphins. I don't think it's greener in Miami than it is in Kansas City. Um, so that to me um in the bucks like i don't i don't see that one anymore like without gronk you're losing a big piece chris godwin i don't feel like he's done a lot mike evans is not in these top lists anymore um because mike evans on this list of receiving yards he's like i mean he's below dj moore mike williams keenan allen uh travis kelsey had more yards than him chris godwin is up there um cd lamb t higgins michael Pittman with the colts uh, Darnell Mooney with the Bears. You got uh, Scary Terry McLaurin with the with the uh, mm-hmm. Commanders. Yep, just Hunter Renfro, Brandon Cooks, and then you have Mike Evans. So I don't understand how the Bucks get up there to two. Like I would definitely put Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen ahead of Mike Evans and Godwin. But but again, if you give Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to Tom Brady, they're probably number two. And I think that's where PFF gets a little bit biased is they allow the quarterback to steer them. And I think that's why the Vikings always get down ticked when it comes to it. Because if you do individual PFF, Justin Jefferson's up there. So I don't understand how that math works out. Um, but again, it's fun. They want to do what they do. I don't agree with it. Um, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, to me, they're, they're, they're a top five receiving core. Um, you without a tight end, but Irv Smith, he's he was hurt. So again, they don't know what Irv Smith can be. But if you throw Irv Smith in there with KJ Osborne, Kirk Cousins, and Adam Thielen, uh, they're a top five receiving core. Period. Uh, with Tom Brady, they're clearly number one or number two. I think Tom Brady is steering the PFF train a little bit over there. Uh, but it is what it is. That's my take on it. But up next, like we talked about, there was a blockbuster trade that happened. How could that have impacted the Vikings? Could the Vikings have been a part of this trade at some point? We know there's a lot of teams that wanted pieces of the Vikings before. Could this be one of them? Up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Welcome back to the Ron Johnson Show. Today, we're going to talk blockbuster trades. Um, everybody knows what happened. Baker Mayfield, as we're on with David Cobb, Panthers running backs, you know, scout or sorry, running backs, coach, helper, and then uh, college scout, pro scout. Baker Mayfield was traded, and it was a friendly trade. I mean, it was, I think it was like a fifth-round pick or conditional fifth-round pick, and the team split the money to make it work, and then he's converting the rest of his contract in order to make this work for the Panthers. He's going to go into camp and compete. But Sam, as I bring Sam Extraman, Sam had a question. What is that question, Sam? Because you want to know about Kirk Cousins and, and how this could have worked. Right. So you mentioned it in the first segment. This was the offseason of quarterback movement. What dominoes are going to fall? Is Aaron Rodgers going to retire, demand a trade? 
Uh, where's Russell Wilson going? Where's Garoppolo going? Ended yeah. up being nowhere. Uh, will the Bucks need a QB? Will the Saints need a QB? Well, you know, the, one of these big pieces was Baker Mayfield. This is probably the last domino to fall now that Deshaun Watson is in Cleveland. Mayfield mm-hmm. wanted out. Um, but at one point, before Watson, before anything, um, I think Kirk Cousins was definitely on the table for some of these teams. And if you're Carolina, Matt Rule's coming off a couple really disappointing seasons to start his tenure in Carolina. If Carolina wanted to upgrade, would they have been wiser to swing a deal for Kirk Cousins? Would that have been a better play than getting one year of Baker Mayfield um, as a quarterback? What do you think? So I look at their salary cap. So I'm guessing they had to split the money because, one, they wanted to have cap space. The Browns wanted to move them because they owed Deshaun Watson $230 million. Only a million in the first year, but $230 million. So they know there's no way we can make this work where we keep Baker Mayfield. Even if Deshaun Watson is suspended for the year uh, because he has settled so many of these suits, hey, we just got to bite this bullet and have our backup play. I mean, we got to have our tight end play quarterback if we have to. But we, we have $230 million on the books is guaranteed unless – there's some kind of ridiculous conviction that comes up with this um, where they're like, whoa, I did not see that coming. We don't owe you anything, bud. We're not paying you. Um, and so when you think about Kirk Cousins, and this is why this is the only way this works, the Vikings would have had to get, in order to trade Kirk Cousins, when you look at his production, what he can be, new head coach, you got to get two to three first-round picks for him. Like Kirk Cousins now has created – um a vacuum i guess you'll say of he just continues to suck money in he's found a way to 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 up his stock people continue to come to him we we saw the whole you know before when he could have went to the jets you know allegedly took less money to come to the vikings um and for those on listen on the podcast not on youtube i did the air quotes of course um but with kirk cousins the only way to make that work and, and to not feel like you got absolutely hosed in this deal would be the Vikings would have had to get two to three first round picks. Like that's when you look at that, or at least two first round picks and maybe some conditional picks, um, maybe Sam Darnold. Like you take Sam Darnold and you give them Kirk Cousins. Uh, or the Vikings say, hey, we're going to get Baker Mayfield, so we'll give you Kirk Cousins. We still need two first round picks, though. And then they go get Baker Mayfield for pretty much nothing because it's a fifth round pick and you're splitting money. So now I think because I think the Panthers are only on the books for like five million, uh, whereas the Browns are going to take that other 10. Uh, so to have a five million dollar quarterback with two first round picks in the next two years with this pass game run game. You saw what Stefanski got out of Baker Mayfield. Um, not sure Kevin O'Connell. Uh, is there yet, but I, I think he's pretty close as far as an offensive minded guru. Uh, that would be the only way to make it work. I don't, I don't, I don't think the Panthers went a bad route by getting Mayfield because he was a guy that had flashes of really good football. Like this was a really good team. Uh, it was just the times where he made some really dumb plays, um, and that was one of the reasons why Odell Beckham wanted to get out of there. Like he felt like he was wide open at times, and he was looking to Jarvis Landry, um, you know. And so I, I think that's what kind of started to weigh on that team was just the mistakes uh, Baker Mayfield made. But maybe that's a coach letting him be too much of a cowboy, letting him do what he wants to do. You know, he was, I think he was humbled, um, hopefully humble in the right way. Like Jameis Winston, I think, had the same humble feeling when he left the Bucks, And it's like, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not your guy. And I think now you see him with the Saints and he's working hard in the offseason. He's talking about watching film. He's talking about doing the little things in practice after watching Drew Brees. Hopefully that happens for Baker Mayfield. But, no, I don't think the Panthers made a bad choice. Like, come after Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, 
if it's like a couple late round picks or mid round picks for Kirk Cousins, that's the dumb trade on the Vikings part. Uh, you have to ask for two first round picks for Kirk Cousins, but that's just me. I know you don't believe that, Sam. Well, I think that Cousins could have fetched at least one first round pick, if not more, or or a couple of twos. Like I think that he did have value based on the Russell Wilson trade. I think that sort of set the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm Carolina. I guess I'm just hedging my bets here because I don't really see their direction. They've got three quarterbacks. They've got Sam Darnold last year of his contract. Baker Mayfield last year of his contract. Third round pick Matt Corral. Maybe that's their play. Maybe they're just trying to create a bridge until Matt Corral is ready. Um, They want to have a veteran step in this year and then, you know, have Corral be the future. Um, maybe that's the direction they've chosen. It's definitely more cost effective when you commit to a rookie quarterback. You've got more money to play with. Um, once Darnold's money comes off the books, Mayfield's money comes off the books, they're going to have some cash to play around with and surround Corral with talent. I don't hate that philosophy. I just don't necessarily know what direction they're going in this year. Is it Darnold? Is it Mayfield? Who's going to be the guy? And does Matt Rule have time to get this figured out. I mean, once you struggle for three years as an NFL coach, I think you're on the hot seat. Is he not, Ron? Like, doesn't this have to be kind of a a successful year for Matt Rule to keep his job? What is the thing about Matt Rule? He's smart. He doesn't do the Dan Campbell, like, ridiculous terms and speeches because Dan Campbell, was, everybody's watching him now because he's talked so much about blue-collar, kneecaps, all the stuff. Matt Rule hasn't said anything. Like, the only mistake I think he made – uh was that him or the giants that named their quarterback and then had to like backtrack right away like wait a minute was that matt rule that did that i can't remember was that the giants coach no it was the Gi- i think it was the giants coach that came in and said like he's our quarterback no i feel like it was the panthers i'd have to look that up but one of the like matt rule mm-hmm. doesn't make sensational statements and and he doesn't play in a market in carolina where it's in the front of the media like the new york giants that's the front of the media uh, the New York Jets, even it's the front of the media. It's a big media market. Uh, wherever Tom Brady goes is a big market. Um, so, so that's why Bruce Arians and everybody there, you know, they're always talking about their coaching staff. Uh, when you're in a big market or you have a big mouth or a big personality, one of the two, it's going to follow you. And so when you think about that, Matt Rue doesn't make those mistakes. So a lot of people don't really notice how mediocre they've been you know like it's not like it's a glare like miami huge market you know they're you're gonna talk about dolphins football and so whether it's bad or really bad like it's it's just one of those things and so tyreek hill was a splash they got a new coach in mcdaniels and so um that's 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 where i think um matt rule is kind of on like not i wouldn't call it a hot seat i say warm seat he only, he's on a warm seat because it's more so of ownership. What does ownership think about him? Uh, has he gone to them with a plan? You know, has he laid out, this is what we're going to do. And I look at quarterbacks that have been successful in the NFL. A lot of times it's because they've gotten to sit and wait. You look at RG3, I feel like he was injured. So that was part of his way out. Andrew Luck burned himself out. Uh, Peyton Manning struggled for three years and then became great. Uh, Tom Brady got to sit behind Bledsoe. Aaron Rodgers got to sit behind Favre uh Pat Mahomes got to sit behind Alex Smith so when you're seeing all these guys get a chance to kind of sit back and not have to right away take over like maybe if it's a game two three four whatever it might be being able Jimmy Garoppolo now 
again, you, you can say what you want to say about him, but he got to sit behind Tom Brady. When you get a chance to kind of sit back and watch, and then it's your turn to take over and be that guy, it just it it it, it just does something for your your mental. Like you're able to take the time and learn, learn the offense, learn the scheme, learn the speed of this game, learn how to be a pro. Um, there's something to that. So maybe Matt Corral is the guy. Maybe that's what he's going to the owners and the GM and say, like, hey, I love this guy. Like I watched him. I watched him throw. I watched him play. He has a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't taking as high as he thought he should be taking. Let's get somebody in here that can give us a year or two so we can get Matt Corral the time to become who he can be. And I think that's the plan for the Panthers. I think their 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 goal is we got to have somebody that can go out there day one and be a starter. Baker Mayfield's that guy. He's led teams to the playoffs. He's led winning drives. He's 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 been a leader in a huddle for years. He was a Heisman Trophy winner, so he knows how to like. He has the confidence. He knows how to play at a high level. So I think that's the key. And 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 for the Browns too, and Baker Mayfield, it was time for change. It was like no matter what happened, because everybody's like, oh, if Sean Watson suspended, it's Baker Mayfield. It's one of those things where when you're when you're when your spouse or your significant other doesn't want you, it it takes a lot for you to will, be willing to stay. And that's where I think Baker Mayfield hit. They they just really didn't want him. They, he felt like it was a slap in the face to give another quarterback two hundred thirty million for me to sit behind him and and compete. No, nah, it, this is it's I'm out of here. And so that's good for him to get out of there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Matt Corral is their future. That's I think what they think, whether he is or not, who knows. But I think that's what they think. He's our future. Let's get somebody in here to give him a chance to sit back, hold a clipboard for, for a little bit before we throw him into the fire. And I think that's the plan for the Panthers. But up next, we got the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned for that. Next up on the Ron Johnson Show is the part of the show I love. It's the daily three. It's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. Ron, what's your favorite nickname for Rudy Gobert? Is it the Stifle Tower or the French Rejection? <laughs> Because he was introduced yesterday. I don't know. I think I like Stifle Tower. What do you think? Stifle Tower probably sounds a little bit better. French rejection just doesn't sound. It just sounds like a bad French date. Like I don't know. It just does not sound. <laughs> yeah. I'll go with Stifle Tower. Well, they rolled out the red carpet for Rudy Gobert. Uh, they had the big press conference. They've got all the social media on him. Uh, here's my favorite quote from yesterday. This actually came from Chris Finch, the coach. When asked about how they're going to handle the playoffs with, with this huge lineup. Everyone's playing small ball. The Wolves are going to be big. Finch says, certainly teams tend to go small in the playoffs, but we're not. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to figure out a way that all these things work. Ron, how is this going to work out? If Chris Finch is true to his word, can the Wolves win in the playoffs with the colossal front court that they have? So this is the thing I'll say. Sometimes it was old as new. So if you go back to David Robinson and um, what's his name, Tim Duncan, if you go with uh, Akeem Olajuwon uh, when they tried it with Ralph Sampson, like teams have tried it before. Teams have tried it uh, and they've won. But when you look at back then, it was about the big. It was about who can help out, who can – like, how can I get two big guys in the game at the same time? When you think about, I guess Blake Griffin's not a big per se, but, you know, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. Um, you know, having two bigger guys that are going to put their back to the basket, give you some pose, give you some outside shooting, um, that's kind of been a formula that's worked per se. Um, when you think about Porzingis, you know, when, when they originally got him to the Mavs and all this other stuff, like that's, that's the thought behind a lot of these moves teams make. Now, sometimes it works. 
and this is what the, t- the Timberwolves are going to do. When you first said that, two things came to my mind. The quote from Dodgeball. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. See if it works out for him. And then the other one was from uh, Taken. When the guy, the French, I don't know what, what he was, the guy Russian French or whatever. Rejection. No, the Russian guy in, in, um, in Taken. Yeah. When uh, Liam Neeson calls him and says, I got a specific set of skills, blah, blah, he's like, good luck. Like, that, that's what I feel like. When Chris French made that comment, I'm like, good luck. Like, when they go small ball, this is the thing you're doing. You're going to end up trading twos for threes. And so I do agree with that. Like, when the team goes small, um, you have to go – like, if you're going to go big, you got to take advantage of your bigs and really go at them really try to you know really try to put it in you know put it put your back to the basket because a dunk a layup and a quick little like quick short shot is a higher percentage shot than a three so when people talk about trading twos or threes with the warriors that's always been the biggest knock but the problem is if you look at what they are for the game for the game they're probably about 30 to 40 percent for the game sometimes even in the 20s when steph curry is not on they're in the 20s if you can be 80 to 90 from where you're taking your shots from, you probably win that game. And you put the pressure on them to now feel like every three they take has to go down versus because you're taking threes, you're missing. So they come down with confidence. They knock a three down. Um, I, I think that's the key. Somebody else I heard today uh, on the radio tried to bring up like, oh, think about all the times they double team cat and he dumped it down to Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, now he can dump it down to Rudy Gobert. It, it's the same thing. Like you're not getting anything different. The big difference in Gobert was defense. I think defense is where he's going to add and take pressure off cat. It's not offense. The double team can still happen on cat because Gobert is not like an offensive juggernaut where you're like, oh my God, we got to make sure we are on Gobert. Like, no, that's not his game. His game is defense. He's going to dunk. He's going to get alley-oops and put them in whenever uh, the guards go to the lane. If you toss it up, he'll take it. He'll get putbacks. He's a, he's a big rebounder. Uh, he carves out space. He, he hustles. He does the dirty work um, that a lot of bigs you w- hope will do. Um, he also has pretty decent footwork if he gets caught in a mismatch when they try to run that pick in, in the high play where they keep the guard up top where Steph Curry wants Gobert. Uh, we've seen Gobert go at Steph on defense and kind of try to close out that space. Uh, but this is the thing, like, at the end of the day, again, I go back to good luck. Like, if you're going to stay big, even against small lineups, hopefully you have a game plan that you can stick to. Because the one thing about game plans, everybody has one. And Mike, I love Mike Tyson's quote. Everybody has a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Once you get punched in the mouth, what are you going to do? His, his was like, look, I've taken punches to the mouth, and I'm going to still keep coming at you. Some people can't take that punch, and they just get disoriented. They start jacking up threes. They start doing all kinds of stuff that's out of their minds. Hey, you are not a point guard, Rudy Gobert. Stop bringing the ball up the court. Like, people lose their minds when they get punched in the mouth. And so that's what I hope is that when they take this first couple punches, if they're playing big versus small lineup and this team's knocked down a couple threes, they don't just lose focus and start jet. You know, Cat starts jacking up threes from the logo. Like, they still have to calm down, play their game, and – and slowly get back into this game with some twos, maybe a three if it's there. But if you're going to play big, take advantage. Because if you're still going to play a, a normal style of, of, of small ball type basketball with two bigs, then you're, you're not doing what you got the team to do. That's just my thoughts, Sam. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, I think the best point there is that the Vanderbilt exchange for Gobert, like there's nothing more frustrating 
than when you're watching a team and they can't get a defensive rebound. Like there were a couple games where the Grizzlies were just killing them on the offensive glass. So if the trade-off is you're going to not close out on a few three-point shooters in exchange Mm -hmm. for you're going to get the rebounds and you're not going to give up second chances, I'm okay with that exchange because it it was so frustrating because the Wolves were just so undersized um, that they couldn't get rebounds. They couldn't end possessions. And that, that to me, is what will, will not happen with Rudy Gobert on the team. Yeah. I've got an over-under for you, Ron. Dalvin Cook's rushing prop is available in uh, Vegas and other sports books. Here's the number. 1,150 and a half yards is the over-under for Dalvin Cook this year. Are you hammering the over or the under? When you go to the Bellagio or uh, or Caesars, Ron, are you uh, going to the sports window and are you putting your mortgage on the over or the under? I'm going under. I'm going under on that because I think he's going to be more of a dual threat back. I think he will get 1,000 yards, um, but I think he's going to be more of a dual threat where you're going to see six to 700 passing yards uh, to Dalvin Cook if if they can if he can make the, this is the thing. He has to make the catches first. But I think they're going to go with a heavy pass balance, uh, run balance, 1,000-yard running back, but maybe a six to seven-yard, 700-yard receiving back. And I think that's kind of the key is um, – I just don't know if it's going to be a ground and pound nonstop. You're going to have a, a Alexander Madison coming in as well. I mean, you're going to you're going to see them try to keep Dalvin Cook fresh, and I, I I just think it's the under. All right, last three years, Dalvin Cook has played 14, 14, and 13 games. So let's say he plays 14 games. What does he need to average on the ground to to get to that number? Well, do the quick math: 82 yards per game. Mm-hmm. I think I think that he can do that because he's going to have a couple games, Ron. Not not every game, but he's going to have a couple where he gets 150, mm-hmm. and he he makes that average so much more attainable. I'm going to take the over on that because I mm-hmm. think he's going to be really efficient on the ground this year. Before our final question of the daily three, today's the last day where you can apply to win an NBA Jam Shack edition with Arcade One up your at-home retro arcade game leader. The best game ever. NBA Jam is back. They've got the the ball that's on fire. There's no quarter breaks, good pace of play, no fouls, no free throws. Uh, keeps the game moving. Wi-Fi leaderboards, leaderboards, you're more connected than ever. You can pre-order from arcade1up.com, arcade1up.com for a September ship date. And yes, the July 8th deadline is tomorrow to win an NBA Jam Shaq Edition console. Enter for a chance to win uh, at arcade1up.com slash locked on. Arcade1up.com slash locked on. Don't miss out. Who are you going to play with? And Ron, is there still a lack of belief in the Twins? They lead by four and a half games in the Central, but I was looking at the odds online. The Twins are still, strangely, and maybe this was a couple days not updated because they just beat the White Sox 2 of 3, but from what I could tell in the most recent props, the Twins were 35-1 to to win the World Series. 13 other teams had better odds to win the World Series than the Twins. Why is Vegas sleeping on the Minnesota Twins, Ron Johnson? Well, one is the Minnesota Twins, so they're just cursed, just like the Minnesota Vikings and the Timberwolves, and they blow leads. I mean, they lost eight to nine in the tenth again. Uh, it's like a it's like a, a record, like it's a it's whatever it's called, deja vu. 
Like, if you woke up and told me the Twins lost in the 10th, I'm going to say, like, you just told me that yesterday. Um, <laughs> but if you look at the names of names in baseball, it's a reason why. You got the Yankees. Because I, I haven't even seen these odds, but this is what I'm going to guess they have ahead of the Twins to win. They have the yep. Yankees. They have the Rays. They have the Red Sox. They also have the Astros. They have the Mariners, probably. And then when you jump over, so that's five. You got the Mets, you got the Braves, you got the Phillies. You also have the Brewers, you got the Cardinals, you got the, uh, the Cubs are only 34 games. That's 10. You got the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants. That's probably the 13 teams ahead of them, possibly, right or wrong. Yeah, pretty much. But the, the strangest one to me is on all of these sites that I'm seeing, mm -hmm. I'm seeing the White Sox listed like them. just above them which doesn't make any sense i know the white Sox were favorites going into the season they played very poorly the twins just beat them two of three mm -hmm. a lot of places still like the white Sox chances better than the twins they're in third place they're five and a half games back um and you're correct like a lot of those al east teams are above them um right. all the division leaders in the nl and i know the twins record isn't spectacular but it feels like people are sleeping on this team where, I mean, if I was at uh, at the Bellagio Sportsbook window, I would look at those odds, 35 to 1, and I would say that's a pretty good bet for a team that's well ahead in their division. Like, the Twins are a very good bet to make the playoffs. Right. So if you're going to get 35 to 1, if you're in the tournament, um, that feels like a good value bet to me. Yeah, and they have, I mean, the Mets, when you think about the Mets, you think about uh, the Dodgers, you look at the Yankees, and then you look at the Astros. That's the only teams that have a better win record than the Twins. There are three other teams or three teams with 47 wins. That's the Brewers and the Twins and the Padres. And so when you think about that, oh, sorry, the Braves as well have more wins. So you got the Mets and the Braves. So when you think about that, that to me is perplexing alone that they're not like sixth or seventh on that list you you missed out on the hundred thousand dollars on the kentucky derby when you didn't place that bet you <laughs> were know. thinking about i think this numbers. is your chance this is your <laughs> chance ron to get that money back 35 to 1 on the minnesota twins hey i might have to do that but that'll do it for the ron johnson show i'm your host ron johnson that's my producer sam ekstrom i want to thank everybody that continues to download subscribe please subscribe to locked on sports minnesota on youtube on wherever you get your podcast and you can find the Ron Johnson show. You can take us with us wherever you go. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.